Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I am super late from not managing time correctly, and uh, it's hard to keep your time when you're on 150 different, <laughs> per se. It's actually seven different timelines at once. Uh, as you can see, the world is catching up with the news you knew on Monday. Uh, and all of you are messaging, oh my gosh, you this, you that. Hey, told you about Signal. It's down now too. Um, again, I mean, what are the odds? When is it not enough to be a coincidence? I'm just saying. So we're a little bit, um, all of us that have been on air together have uh, been ahead of almost every single supposed smart and mainstream. I'm a little bit taken back with uh, some disinformation that has been put out. So, uh, you know, when they were exposed on Monday, as you know, without saying too much, uh, when our uh, when we cooperated uh, and assisted and did the job of what the damn federal agent should be doing and submitted all that, as you could see, John Sullivan was finally arrested again. Uh, so that is um, pretty interesting. Uh, picking the right side to work with is very interesting. Uh, picking the right side to be on is very interesting. Um, and we are seeing it all here. I mean, what more do you need to know? We're ahead of almost everyone. Everyone's showing the things that I, I mean, you know, that got two of my YouTube channels banned. Uh, they deleted it immediately. They got rid of it immediately. Facebook did too. Uh, they didn't want the evidence of, you know, I was showing you CNN and a Good Morning America on Monday. Look, they had him and they paraded him around. He's a damn asset. He's, he's been an asset. Now everybody's kind of catching up five days later. Mm, you know, I mean, we are two days ahead of schedule. We're going to see how this goes. So today I, uh, I thought uh, we would start with, uh, aside from all of us being like, yeah, that's that's like news from like Monday and Tuesday. We already knew this. Uh, you know, you just keep on doing your thing. But apparently, you know, other things are more important. But again, how are you the underdog? We're the ones that are the news. We are the people and we have control of our nation. End of story. Uh, nobody can deny that. And we're thousands strong. I, I'm looking at our chat group and it's just, it's grown. And I told you Telegram would be that. I'm also finding the alternative because that will be coming down very, very quickly. Um, I've uh, said it many times that it's important that uh, we focus on uh, what we can control right now and what we can do uh, because this is all we can do at the moment. These weapons of war that they've been using against the people, you, the underdog. <laughs> My favorite meme, that little <laughs> bald eagle saying, <laughs> for those of you that are watching exactly that, that's my favorite meme. So where do we start today? I mean, there's a lot to talk about. 
tons of disinformation, tons of flipping, tons of division. How do we get around it? Well, it's perspective. I thought I'd share something first. I was actually, you know, uh, my daughter um, was uh, with her sister. So she was not, um, uh, you know, here. And I didn't like sit there and tell her, oh, by the way, my Twitter was banned. But my, my Twitter, not my Twitter, my Twitter slip because that's later. Um, but she did something in school. You know, I, we, we all have children, right? And I wanted to show the perspective of how the schools are going and tell you a few things so you can see how things are evolving. So this is my daughter's tweet. I just wanted to show you this. So her school, her project for history class, she's always asked me, mom, what do I do? You know, how do I, how do I deal with the more snowflakey um, attempts by my teachers? How do I fix that? Right? How do I and just put your head down and just do whatever? Just put your snowflake hat on and just whatever. So the question that she had was, what are your thoughts of this disrespectful picture? This is the guy sitting in Pelosi's office, right? Her response was, it's a funny picture. This guy made a moment he'll never forget in his life and now has multiple stories to tell his grandchildren. I wish he held the flag up, though. You know, this is exactly how all of us should see it. First, we do know that this was an orchestrated attack, right? And if we occupied uh, the Capitol as peaceful protesters, not just on the outside, but we could have been inside, right? Without breaking things, without demanding to be ushered through. We could have stood outside the door, right? Watching them do their job, right? We could have just stood there. They, they can't remove us because, oh, we might get killed or something, right? We can't. But this is how we should see it. It was people putting their foot down uh, in, in one aspect. But it was hijacked by Antifa. And as you can see on your screen, John Sullivan is trending. Remember the one that Cooper put up there with his handler and then GMA and, and, and. And I went through it with you on Monday and on Tuesday. I went through it with you and showed you how they planned it, how they were the epicenter of it. And we've got this down pat. I even showed you the subtle nods with the other team members. You are way ahead. It's Friday, guys. Friday. You knew this on Monday and Tuesday. It's Friday. Are you getting this? This is how behind everyone is because that's how they are working with the mainstream media, with huh, the deep state. You already knew this. You knew John Sullivan. You knew James Sullivan. You knew that they've infiltrated both sides. And now they have text from James claiming that he was working with people of the Department of Defense. Damn, sounds like a plant to me. Sounds like someone planted those texts. Sounds really, really like someone's really trying to cause division. It's coin, coin on coin on coin on coin. Coin, counter intel operation. On counter intel operation, on counter. They are so screwed that they're doing everything they can right now. But you already knew this on Monday. So you have the ability to tell whoever's on their big ass platform, hey, you're late to the party, dude. We already knew this. We knew it down to the second, to the minute. We watched this. We know their names. We know who they work with. We know who thumped them. We know everything. Please move it along. Because I was getting messages, so-and-so showing all your stuff. So-and-so's. And it's like, see, 
but yet for some reason you think so-and-so and and -and so-and-so are actually, you know, right there in the forefront when it's just people like you, you guys are the ones doing anything. Here is, um, Breaking 20 hours ago, Utah activist John Sullivan was taken into custody today for his role in the Capitol attack. I told you that was coming. And on Monday, I couldn't show you the video I showed you Tuesday because I had to make sure it was in the right hands before I made it public. Obviously, that got my channel banned. I um, think it's very interesting. Oh, look, Uber commercial. Now everyone sees it. Do you see what I'm trying to say? See how far behind people are into what should have all been. So if these pretentious, pretentious want to be, oh, uh, look at me, I'm the news. I look at me, I have all the fancy equipment. Look at me, I have all the producers. Look at me this. If they actually worked with people like you, right? People like you, um, we wouldn't be in the position we are right now. Okay. We wouldn't be in the position we are right now. We would be in a way better position and commanding it better than we are at the moment. Only because there's this titles and tiaras that every single person likes to sit with. Every single person, you know, believes that they know best, that they're they're legitimate, nobody else is. That's the problem. That is the problem that we have. And if people could see that for what it is, for the exact thing that it is, things would be so different. I've always said it, titles and tiaras. I was actually on my first inaugural show. It was titles and tiaras are what's going to kick us in the butt because everyone focuses on titles and tiaras. Everyone focuses on that. Everybody. So... While my two YouTube channels are banned, the one with the 80,000, I don't even know how many, and um, whatnot, I, I, I think it's important to mention I do have that other YouTube channel um, that's quite important as well uh, that I just put up. I'm trying to see if I can show you the one from January 12th. Did I put it in this account? Um, I wanted to show you the speed skating one. This is the subtitle one. I want to try to remember which account I actually uploaded it to keep it in the ether. There we go. That's where it is. All right, you guys, you ready? I'm going to show you the video um, and you can hear it and watch it. I want you guys to see it for what it is. You saw it already. Um, You knew about it already. And um, knew about it before anybody else did. So I want to show it to you so you can see exactly um, how important it is to understand what real news is. There's no other time in my life that I will be able to do this again. My dream is to be world champion. 500 and John Sullivan in the outer. On the inner lane on the last race, if you start on the inner, you'll now be moved to the outer and you'll be paired with the next fastest skater who had the opposite lane. So we're going to see in reverse order finishing today. An Olympic athlete will tell you you can't put a price tag on the Olympic experience. 
every single day, six hours a day. I wouldn't be able to do that. It's just not possible. Uber allows me that flexibility to spend more time on the ice. I am John Sullivan. I'm a world-class speed skater, and I drive with Uber. With the goodness of new Gogurt strawberry yogurt. Get ready to launch into fun with the power of milk and your McDonald's Happy Meal. The Secret Service called me about a week ago due to a speech I gave in Washington, D.C. on the March on Washington. My name is John Sullivan. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. My group is Insurgents USA. We're about to burn this shit down. Fuck this shit. We got to rip Trump out of that office right over there. Fuck, pull him out that shit. Nah, nah, we ain't about fucking until the next election. We about to go get that motherfucker. Um, and if you really want to play with some shit, guys, I got the I got the Chud Killer. I got the Nazi Hunter. I got the I got it's ready. It's on deck, bro. You wanna you wanna come face me? Let's go. Especially since now I'm back home. I'm not quite sure how long, but I know I'll be here until at least Christmas. I lost my job. Like, shoot, I lost my job two weeks ago. And so I'm currently unemployed, seeking for new employment. So wherever I find a new job, I might move there and might not be here in Salt Lake City. I never would have imagined that we would be here. I feel like food here. I was trying to tell you. I, I couldn't say much. You were right. <laughs> you just have to watch my channel. Oh my god. Is this not gonna be the best film you've ever made in your life? No, you gotta give me a real kiss. That's it. Hell yeah. Oh yeah? Hell yeah. Wait, you weren't recording, were you? I'll delete that shit. But I didn't record you or me. It was just voices. Two people who were there join us now, documentary filmmaker uh, Jade Sacker and left-wing activist John Sullivan. Uh, John, you filmed this moment on, on your phone. Just can you describe what happened? Yeah, so uh, basically all the, the protesters kind of stormed to get into the chamber. We tried to get into like uh, the main entrance. John Sullivan and Jade Sacker documenting the riot saw it all happen. She was one person in an, a huge mass of people trying to break through. The second that she climbed through the window, she got shot. What's the floor plan? There's a door to the right. Let's talk. We should probably coordinate together if you're going to take this building. Tell me, tell me, tell me what you're doing. Just give me some, give me some narrative. Everybody feel like that. That's all I got to say. I'm muting the music so I don't get dinged and removed from YouTube again or Facebook. So, oh, look, Coin Intel Pro. This is all John Sullivan's stuff, guys. This is all his stuff. This is all his stuff. And so this is, uh, this is a big deal. Look, look at this.
He got front row seats, lawn chair. Remember, I showed this to you on Tuesday. Anything you want to say on his behalf? He's a fine man. And thank you, Mr. Trump, for inviting a ride at the, at the White House. Set up. You're his grandmother? I'm his grandmother. That's all him. What you're watching is all him. He, set, he sells things, too. He sells equipment. You see that? <laughs> and you know, a lot of people are like, well, he was adopted by them. Who else was adopted? Ali freaking Akbar, whose mom name, whose mom's name was um, Lydia Akbar and changed it to Do. Who else is named Do? That's in InfoWars. It's just so weird, right? It's just so bizarre. And remember, we walked through that whole video on Monday where I showed you them communicating with the nods, right? And then people are all surprised. Now the media is all going nuts and it's like, shut up. You're late to the party, man. You are so late to the party because they are. Today, out of all days, is going to be the day of, huh, this weekend is going to be so crazy. They are trying so hard. I know a lot of people don't like um, the fact that I'm too blatant. Oh, I don't want to say blatant. What's the right word to say? Blunt, straightforward, calling them all out without using their name. But that's the way it has to be. They're five days late to the party because they believe they are in the know when they have no no. The way to be in the know is to have the people with you. Not watching you, but you have to be with the people. You guys are the most incredible patriots ever. Every single one of you listening. Because it's our nation and we want it to thrive and we all should unify. Titles and tiaras is what got us here. This is why you voted for, uh, you know, those idiots that are in your city council, your school board, behind you yesterday. Last night I get a text from a hospital that I had been once taken care of at. And they were like, we're going to arrange your, your vaccine for COVID. And it's like, yeah, so you're not. And then I get a call from my daughter's school, which needs to be changed ASAP. We're not going to start school until everyone's vaccinated. Wait a minute. So you're going to force children to take the COVID vaccine to attend school. Are you listening? Are you paying attention? All of you have probably gotten texts from your hospitals and doctors arranging. Have you? Well, North Dakota did. Remember, we were here in March. We were here in April where I told you that state is going to be key and important. Even the governor himself, when he put together uh, a whole plan or whatever BS he was putting, he thanked Vice President Pence and the White House, not President Trump. I told you that he was working with Bill Gates on the tracing software, was holding DNA harvesting parties. We went through all that. You have to go back to my old shows and see it because I was warning you of what was coming before anybody was on board with this controller virus, right? How it was malaria related, how the medications, and this is before anyone knew any of this. But nevertheless, I send all this information to uh, you know, the reporters and the journalists that you believe are in the know and are giving you this information. And it's pretty, pretty crazy, right? It's pretty crazy. 
that they don't report it. You see, now they're looking at the um, the the Zoom calls that my counterpart was sitting in and slitting their wrist, which I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I would watch some of that stuff and I'd be like, how are you doing this and still sane? How are you watching them talk and you're still sane? Like all this time you've been sitting there and we've been talking about it for all of 2020. So I want you guys to remain focused and focus. You can't know what's going on around you if you don't know where your mind is at. And for everyone that loves to go down rabbit holes, you got to go at them one at a time. There is so much coming. Here's another thing that I found really interesting that I want to share with you. So you can see how everything is right there, but the only way you can see what's coming is by paying attention. And we, and as people, we've been so accustomed to having someone tell us what to think, someone tell us what is correct and what is not, that um, we're not in the right frame of mind to digest and interpret information as it comes. There was a tweet that went out from Joe Biden, and I'm, I'm trying to find it. I'll, I'll look for it. But basically, he made it clear that um, he's not getting the POTUS handle. And that was very, very interesting. So while you listen to Nancy Pelosi, which I said a lot of you don't even watch her because she annoys you, uh, she's a terrible human being. I mean, you guys should have known that 20 years ago when she started with all that fiddling and faddling with visa cards, how she's one of the biggest stakeholders in visa stripe, right? That's how you pay for stuff online, right? Aside from institutions. So she has as much shares in that as institutions do. That's a huge, huge, huge deal. Now, before we, she starts talking, I want you to look at the flag and how it's nicely positioned and what it is telling you. A pluribus unum. From many, now one. From many, now one. I, I'm just pointing it out so you can see subtleties. A lot of people freaked out with that guy on his, um, you know, where he was being interviewed and he had Mao, right? Why would you have Mao? Turns out it's an Andy Warhol painting, so it might be just very expensive. Uh, so it's not much to read on. Uh, a lot of people are freaking out about, uh, you know, uh, John Sullivan having an Illuminati tattoo. It's like, come on, that was so blatant. It's because he's a, a he's a tryhard, right? He's a tryhard, and these children are groomed from a very young age, kind of like Ali Akbar, groomed from a very young age. So it's really important to, 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 to not fall into these rabbit holes like that. Really important not to fall into these rabbit holes. So let's take a listen to what she said about an hour ago. In this extraordinary time, is it important to remember his words, all of them so appropriate, one time or another. Today, I remember him saying, true peace is not merely the absence of tension. It is the presence of justice. I particularly am drawn to that phrase because one of my favorites that I have in my office is Pope Paul VI. He said, if you want peace, work for justice. The connection is very clear. Justice is called for as we address 
the act of insurrection uh, that was perpetrated against the Capitol complex last week. Right now, our managers are solemnly and prayerfully preparing for the trial, which they will take to the Senate. At the same time, we are in transition. With a COVID relief package, President-elect Biden announced last night, President-elect delivering on what he said when he was elected. Help is on the way. His plan makes big, bold, urgent action, building on some of our democratic initiatives in the last Congress, including an increase in direct payments to $2,000, vaccine distribution and testing su support in a fair and equitable way addressing the uh, disparities in access, additional aid for small businesses, funding for state and local governments to protect our heroes' jobs, extension of unemployment benefits, help for renters, for food insecure people, and for our children. As the last jobs report of the Trump administration shows, the need could not be more urgent. Moody Analytics says, this morning, they say that this package, the rescue and recovery package put forth by Joe Biden last night, this package will take us to full employment by 2021, one full year earlier than it would occur without it. 2021 versus 2022, one full year earlier. <clears throat> In just five days, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be sworn in as president and vice president of the United States. Following the attack last week on the Capitol complex, there's been unprecedented mobilization of security in the Capitol. I want to express gratitude uh, to our Capitol Police, uh, to the National Guard who are present here uh, to protect our democracy. They have shown great courage very proud of them and I was honored to be able to extend gratitude to them in person uh, on behalf of the Congress. We must subject this, this whole complex though to scrutiny in light of what happened and the fact that the inauguration is coming. To that end, I have asked retired Lieutenant General Russell Honore uh, to lead an immediate review of security infrastructure, interagency processes, and command and control. The general is a respected leader with experiences, experience dealing with crises. As a former vice director of for operations, J3, with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, his focus was military support to civilian authorities. Military support to civilian authorities and he has experience with national, the national capital region's security. House leadership has worked with General Honore, seen up close and personal his excellent leadership at the time of Katrina. Our, particularly Mr. Clyburn was the head of our Katrina task force. So he and I and others uh, know full well how fortunate we are that the general has accepted of it is willing to do this. Members are moving forward with strong oversight from committees, of course, to have after action review. There is strong interest in the Congress in the 9-11 type commission and outside, outside commission to conduct that after action review. In the meantime, I'm very grateful for, to General Honore for taking on this responsibility. I, I, 
I find this to be a very emotional time. I said to the members, we're very passionate to our reaction to this assault on our democracy, on this temple to democracy. We're very passionate about our reaction, but we must be very dispassionate in how we make decisions to go forward for security, security, security. As I see many of the films and the incitement of it all by the President of the United States, but as you see the film, one figure, oh, so many disgusting images, but one figure of a man in a shirt with Auschwitz on it. Auschwitz. Work equals freedom to Auschwitz. This is in this January, one year ago, I had the privilege of bringing a delegation in January to Yad Vashem, the Museum of the Holocaust in, in Israel, to join heads of state. I came as the head of this Congress to observe the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. Birkenau. On the way to Israel, I brought the delegation to Auschwitz and Birkenau. Probably one of the most transformative national security visits that we have made. All of our travel outside the country is about our national security. And so was that to see the dehumanizing of people that was perpetrated there. It was so, so overwhelming. To see this punk with that shirt on and his anti-Semitism that he has bragged about to be part of a white supremacist raid on this Capitol requires us to have an after action review to assign responsibility to those who were part of organizing it and incentivizing it. In the meantime, we're grateful to General Honoré for making some recommendations to us and how we can keep our members safe, our staff safe. The people who make the building function, our custodians and the rest, who had to clean up after this insurrectionist mob. But security, we take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution, our democracy. And that is what we will do. And we will protect all of those who are here to honor their oath of office. Questions? Yes, ma'am. Is there any um, update on when we might send the article of impeachment to the Senate? And secondly, we, can you tell us how quickly the House might take up um, President-elect Biden's recovery package? Well, uh, let me start with that. The, uh, we're very pleased with what the Vice President put forth last night. I'm eagerly awaiting some of the particulars of the uh, vaccine proposal that will come out this afternoon because this is a matter of complete urgency. As the vice president said last night, this administration, the Trump administration, 
handled the distribution of the vaccine in a very disappointing way. He used strong language. But now we have to move on and do it in the right way. And that will require resources, which will require legislation. How it will be done effectively, uh, we'll, we'll know more about. I have some idea about it because we've made suggestions in that regard. Uh, but I think that the message of last night and later today from the vice president will be a message of hope to encourage people to again, when they can, when they are, it's appropriate for them to receive the vaccine to do so. But as was said, as as will be said, it's not just about the vaccine; it's about testing and distancing and all the rest as we go forward, so that we can crush the virus, which is what we must do. So, no vaccine until you're ready. Schools aren't opening in certain places until there's a vaccine. Suddenly, what was it, like a week or two ago, Joe Biden's Biden Select and their committee and Cuomo and Mayor Beetlejuice, all of them had reports saying how terrible control of viruses. Now they're all like, we need to open up real quick. Now that Biden is supposed to be coming onto the scene, you change your mind, but you're also mandating vaccines, but you don't know when you're going to give them. This is all too confusing. Wait till we get to the Q&A crush the virus so we can open our schools and our businesses, uh, honor our heroes who are on the front line of this, our healthcare workers, our police and fire, first responders, transportation, sanitation, food workers, our teachers, our teachers, our teachers, and put money in the pockets of the American people so that the lives and the livelihood of the American people are addressed. So we're hoping that we can work in a bipartisan way uh, as we go forward. Uh, in terms of the uh, timing, uh, what our, as I mentioned, our, our, we, one week ago, on January 6th, there was an act of insurrection perpetrated on the capital of the United States, incentivized by the President of the United States. One week later, Wednesday to Wednesday, that President was impeached in a bipartisan way by the House of Representatives. So urgent was the matter. They're now working on taking this to trial. And when they, you'll be the first to know uh, when, we, uh, when we announce that we're going over there. Yes, ma'am. Madam Speaker, um, so a number of House Democrats, you've mentioned a couple of investigations that are going to be going on since January 6th, but a number of House Democrats have signed a letter to Sergeant John Capitol Police asking about um, asking them to look into GOP members who may have brought tours to the Capitol on January 5th. What would you like to see done in that investigation? Is there a timeline or any action that may be taken towards members who did bring public groups into the Capitol before January 6th? When we're talking about security, we have to talk about truth and trust. In order to serve here with each other, we must trust that people have respect for their oath of office, respect for this institution. We must trust each other, respecting the people who sent us here. We must also have the truth, and when and that will be looked into. Oh, she doesn't want to talk about giving capital tours. She doesn't want to talk about that. I want you to pay attention to her mask too. Very important. Uh, the. Uh, if in fact it is found that members of Congress 
were accomplices to this insurrection. You mean gave them blueprints? If they aided and abetted the crime. You mean walk them around to show them where to go? There may have to be actions taken beyond the Congress. Oh, we'll just do it later at another time. In terms of prosecution. I see. For that. Mm-hmm. That's what's yes, up. Sir. Um, we, we all are seeing the extraordinary uh, security measures now yes. in place here on the Capitol and really throughout much of the district. I'm just wondering your level of, of comfort uh, about next week's inauguration. How comfortable are you, ma'am? Let me just say, and thank you for the question. As a member of the JSIC, the committee that uh, prepares for inauguration, for a long time now, weeks, it has been determined that we would have a very small inauguration because of COVID. That in order to oh, have it's not because no one's going to be there on the platform, and then some people down below. Let me ask you a question. They needed to have it small because of COVID, right? This is what she said. It needs to be small, not because no one's going to turn up and it's going to be, he couldn't even feel fill five circles with one person per circle. She, they, they thought that they'd have masses. Let me, let me ask you something. All of us who were down there, you know, secret service says it was about 1.5 to 1.7 million. Other people are saying 2.2 million. Um, <clears throat> I'm saying 1.7. That's the number. Uh, we're down at the ellipse. How many of you were wearing masks? I could tell you, I didn't wear any masks. I hugged, I shook hands, I shared coffee, water, uh, food with people. How many of you guys died? Mm. All right. But they want to be careful because you know, you're gonna, you're all gonna die. So we already knew it was gonna be small and cozy. Okay. I wonder how this ball is gonna go small and cozy. It would be necessary to limit it. I, I don't know if they have publicly released the number. So I won't, but a very small number of people. Like five? Like of five? people participated 10, before. 20? Most disappointing because obviously we're excited about nominating a new president of the United you States. You are, not Americans. Not, not at the risk of people's health and well-being and indeed their lives. So this is always going to be small. So it's always going to be small, right? They have 20,000 National Guard troops there. Antifa, Sunrise Movement, and all of those are active right now planning riots in all major cities. Um, but, you know, we're taking precautions for what? I mean, Antifa's with you, right? You guys praise them. When they were burning down businesses and people were crying, shooting a, a former police chief who was a nice old man he was black too and he was trying to stop them from stealing things from him. they shot him dead for a tv they were peaceful protesters remember that they were all peaceful remember how the newscasters were standing in front with a burning building well for the majority of them they're peaceful but you know they need extra protection right super protection our president didn't need all that but you do now, with the insurrection of last week, it is necessitated by security to have more security. But it hasn't changed the nature of the swearing in. I think it's important for people to know that. Yeah. This is not yeah. a concession uh, to the terrorist. It is a recognition of the danger of COVID. Right? Uh, so, uh, right? It was. 
Remember Thanksgiving Day? Joe Biden had this big virtual, which means all people had to do was log on to the internet, get on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and watch him, right? He had 2,000 people, whereas Tory says had 10 times the amount of people watching and listening to her show. But they want to convince us that if Joe Biden has an inauguration, the people are going to fly and spend money to go see him. Shut up. They didn't even open up their browser. So what's really going on? Again, uh, I'm in close touch. With, I will be again for like the third time in two days with the Secretary of the Army. Spoke with the head of the Secret Service last night. We all want to be sure uh, that the requests that are made by uh, the Capitol Police are being honored by those who are in a position uh, to meet the needs. Uh, they, again, it, it depends on the intelligence, and we have to have more and more security than the intelligence might warrant. I think in this case, redundancy may be necessary. Not too much, but enough. Um, speaker, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Um, the, uh, the, the Republicans are saying that as far as the metal detectors are concerned, that the danger on January 6th came from the outside, not the inside. And secondly, as far as the speaker's lobby is a totally different issue, when can we expect that to be open for us? And uh, as, uh, will it be when the pandemic ends? And when do you see that happening? As far as it, will only, it won't be one minute before it is safe to do so from a COVID and a security standpoint or one minute later than that. Yes, sir. Madam Speaker, uh, Representative Ryan's subcommittee will be investigating the Capitol Police. I'm sorry? Well, Representative Ryan's subcommittee will be investigating the Capitol Police. Oh, Ryan, Tim Ryan. Right. Uh, the ledge for uh, benefit of the, the leg legislative branch of the Appropriations Committee, yes. At the very minimum, what would you like to see in reforms of the U.S. Capitol Police, especially in light of allegations uh, from members of the caucus of institutional racism within the police force and also. Whoa, did they just pull the race card, you guys? Hold on, I have a graphic for that. There we go, race card. So now it is all racist. Oh, boy, boy, boy. Wait, you have to listen to this. All of you are like, why are we listening? Listen to them talk. They tell you everything you need to know. Maybe even collusion in the insurrection. What reforms would you like to see? Well, I think the investigation is central. That has to come first. Uh, but uh, there will be, in addition to uh, Representative uh, Mr. Chairman Ryan's uh, branch committee, we have Homeland Security Committee. We have uh, issues that relate to intelligence from Judiciary and Intelligence Committee. We have the Armed Services Committee. So there'll be a full, uh, the committees will be doing their oversight in many different committees. ways. And of course, the Appropriations Committee and the Oversight Committee have overarching responsibility. But it, it, it again, the investigation uh, will tell us uh, uh, what we need to know to have truth, that we can trust the system that we have here. And um, it is, uh, it's so sad. Imagine like 10 days ago, as I said, we, we really lost our innocence in this. Because we always care to protect and defend from all enemies, foreign. But the Constitution... Wait, stop. Why does she always lift her hand when she talks about the Constitution? Is it supposed to convince us 
that she's a proponent for it and that she supports it. Foreign enemies. You collude with foreign enemies. You were the one that went to Time and Square and pretended that you were part of it. You popped out of your hotel, took a picture back in the day, went back, and then blackmailed China so that they can fund you. So here is the lady that's telling you about foreign. Have you looked at her portfolio? Actually, you need to see her husband's portfolio that has it under their son's name in an LLC where they own all these properties in San Francisco. And wait till you get to the properties in China, in Europe, in Yemen, in Saudi Arabia, in Qatar. Oh, you'll be very surprised. Very surprised. But here's her little hand right here that I'm circling, promising you that she's upholding the Constitution. Now, to look at body language, she's holding her hand up. Look at the tight grip that she has down here. Huh? She's holding on. Holding on. And also, also says, and domestic. And now we have to protect ourselves from enemies domestic. How close she within, is the domestic enemy. The, uh, the investigation. She is the domestic uh, enemy. Will will let us will let us know. I said, Speaker, could you withhold the article indefinitely? Are you considering withholding the article indefinitely? Oh dear, dear, dear. Well, there goes Nancy. Let's just stop that for a second. So that was our Nancy Pelosi, the speaker again, the one that holds the gavel again, educating all of us on uh, how to be better people. And how, unfortunately, we have domestic enemies. But when they were lighting the whole nation on fire, right? The whole nation was on fire. Those were peaceful protesters. Don't get it twisted, guys. Those weren't domestic enemies then. You're just pouncing off stupid little concepts. Now, there is, where is it? There is some... Oh, look at that. Um, they're using all the footage now. Hmm. I want you to see the Chinese Epic Times, what they're reporting. Give me a second. Let's, uh, oops, wrong one. I'm trying to share it with you so you can see it as we speak. Um, wow, my system's really not being my friend right now. I really need to go and get another system quickly. Um, there we go. This is what I want to share. Stop. Damn it. Cancel. Okay. Stop. Okay. Here we go. I think I got it. Okay. That should be it. Damn it. It did it again. Stop. What's this? Hold on, guys. Let me see what's going on here. It's doing it to me again. I, this is so annoying. Hold on. It's like it never wants to play with me right. Okay. So I'm going to show you this clip. It's quite interesting. Backlash over impeachment. First of all, let me just say something on that. How insane does it look to the rest of the world that they want to impeach him? Like the whole world watched our nation burn. They watched it burn, burn, and none of them came out to say anything about domestic enemies and domestic terrorists. We've been saying it for years right here. The president's been telling you for years, yet now there are domestic terrorists 
because they know that the people are angry. They saw the turnout. Come on, guys. You know, 1.7 million people to descend in D.C. from different states is a very, very big deal. That's not peanuts. That's huge. That is huge. They are terrified of you. So they will martyr our president to tell you, look at what we're doing to him. We are unstoppable. You need to shut up, pay attention, bend the knee, and listen to us because we are in control. You see, this is how it works. This is why it's being done. And they are showcasing that to the world while we look like idiots because we're letting them do it. Every single one of those elected persons are letting them do it. Well, here's some interesting stuff about Dorsey that I want you guys to look at before we get to that Biden tweet. And over their actions, Project Veritas releases a leaked video from Twitter. It allegedly shows the CEO discussing plans to ban President Trump. President-elect Joe Biden reveals some of his plans for the economy and the CCP virus. He says the virus relief bill from December is a start, but that he'll need more money. Death threats are plaguing one pastor and his family all over an old picture that resurfaced after the Capitol breach. In an interview, Pastor Gibson tells us he's had to get 24-7 security. We have an update on charges following the breach of the U.S. Capitol. Here are the details. A left-wing activist among those seen storming the U.S. Capitol was charged on several counts, including civil disorder, violent entry, and disorderly conduct, and interfering with law enforcement. The man, John Sullivan from Utah, told FBI agents he entered the Capitol through a broken window. Videos show him shouting, calling to burn down the building. According to the court filing, he also encouraged police officers to stand down and at one point claimed to have a knife to aid entry through a door. Sullivan told NTD's sister media, the Epoch Times, he took steps to blend in with the crowd of Trump supporters. Another man, a firefighter from Pennsylvania, has been arrested and charged for allegedly striking police officers with a fire extinguisher. Robert Sanford is charged with those same counts over the breach of the Capitol, including civil disorder and assaulting a police officer. I'm sorry, I just have to stop right there. So we talked about, I have a knife. It was on the show. I showed that to you guys Monday and Tuesday. I'm just saying, can you detect an accent of this per person speaking? Just saying. Here, a man is seen launching a red object, striking a police officer on the head. The officer was wearing a helmet. The object also struck two other officers, one of whom was not wearing a helmet. A third man who was photographed holding a Confederate battle flag inside a Capitol building has also been charged along with his son, who also allegedly entered the Capitol. The complaint says the son told law enforcement he and his family had traveled to the area to participate in the Trump rally. Ten Republican representatives voted to impeach the president. Some of them are now taking heat for that decision. State Republican parties are expressing dissatisfaction with their own GOP Congress members who voted to impeach President Look at those names. I think these are the first ones we need to go with. You know what? This guy, I'm proximal to this guy. <laughs> Get ready, Gonzalez. You haven't seen the wrath of Americans impeach someone. So I impeach, recall someone so quick. As I said, there will be a document put together that we will be sharing in the Telegram group and another group. I am fixing to get that done. Obviously, like I said, you can always find me on Gab. I've been there for like forever. 
Um, but we'll stay in Telegram as long as we can. Uh, those of you that have Telegram, make sure you download it on your computer too. So that way you can have it registered and it's done. Um, so, and, and stop using Signal. I already told you Dak Dorsey has a big amount into it. But look at all these faces. These are the first ones. These are the first ones we need to take out um, pretty quickly, actually. And I think Ohio has some really good impeach recall for um, elected officials. We need to take them down super quick. This is how, while everything is going on in the background, okay, on a more presidential executive level, we have to get to work on our on on what we can get to work on. And I told you this months ago, after the elections is where the hard work begins because it's not going to be what you think. They actually went that way. So this is where we go that way, right? We talked about this in the spring and in the summer. The hard work begins in 2021. And here's where we're at in 2021. So look at those faces. Remember those faces. Document those faces because they're the first ones that are going to be going down. First ones. Trump, the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, received the message from the state GOP party that Wyoming residents vehemently disagree with her move. The Conservative Party of New York State said it is very disappointed with John Katko's support of impeachment, calling the decision ill-informed. South Carolina's GOP chairman said it was an understatement to say he was severely disappointed with Congressman Tom Rice. He called the impeachment a sham. Wisconsin's newest member of Congress, Republican Representative Scott Fitzgerald, weighs in on the Capitol breach. It's just hard for me to believe right now that that entire crowd um, was somehow fired up just by the speeches of the day. He says we don't know the full story yet about what happened and who was involved. And they might be supporters of the president, they might not be. But I think that's why you got to do a full investigation saying it's scary to hear all 75 million Trump supporters be lumped together and called terrible people by lawmakers on the floor of the House. The nonprofit Project Veritas has released a video from a Twitter whistleblower. It shows CEO Jack Dorsey discussing censorship. Here are the details. Project Veritas's new leaked video appears to Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey's internal discussions before banning President Trump. You know, we, we are focused on one account right now. But this is going to be much bigger than just one account. And it's going to go on for much longer than just this day, this week, the next few weeks. It's going to go on beyond the inauguration. It was purportedly filmed secretly by an insider whistleblower at Twitter. Dorsey suggests they have to be ready to censor more accounts. So the focus is certainly on this account and um, how it ties to real world violence. But also, we need to think much longer term around how these dynamics play out over time. Um, I don't believe this is going away anytime soon. Project Veritas tweeted that the video is evidence of censorship gone wild. Twitter permanently banned the president two days after the Capitol breach, accusing him of inciting violence. Twitter's already... Stop. So do you guys remember the tweet that I sent out? Two days after the Capitol breach? What was it? It's happening. Why? Why is no one looking into ISI, Pakistani intelligence? Because that's where I got my message saying they're doing the purge. They're blocking the president completely. They're banning him. I tweeted that out before I was banned. I got the screenshots. So think about it. How is it? How is it now that 
they're all, you know, obviously this leaked video, you're welcome, you know, went through. But how did I know? I was in the airport and I got the message that here we go. How did I know? Pakistani intelligence. Why aren't we looking at foreign interference into our own communications? Damn, I'm telling you, if people actually paid attention more and the people that are supposed to be doing whatever, I knew exactly where it was coming from. I made it clear where it was coming from. I was tipped off while I was at the airport that, hey, and it came straight from Karachi. And you know, I even asked her, why is someone in Pakistan logging on to my freaking account that they banned? That's the thing. They don't care. They're not an American company. And if anyone actually looks at their books, they'll see it. I have also told you months and months and months ago, Interpol and the United Nations have moved their headquarters to South Africa. I know that a lot of my South African listeners have gotten in contact with me over a year ago ex expressing fear and concern. This is the problem. Where is Jack Dorsey right now? Oh, at the same headquarters. Again, do you see the old gods, new gods play out? Key thing here. If you see the protagonist, he's just shadow, moon, moon, moon. And the love that he has is with someone who is dead. I want you to let that simmer in. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. Okay? Metaphorically. Not li literal. Metaphorically. So now let's listen to what else they have to say. He deleted a large number of pro-Trump accounts. Earlier this week, Dorsey said the company's decision to remove Trump was divisive and set a dangerous precedent. But he said he believes it was the right decision. Project Veritas's founder, James O'Keefe, says although social media platforms are private companies, they have more power than all three branches of government. He indicated there was further information regarding Twitter that would be released in the future. Republican lawmakers in North Dakota proposed a bill that could enable Twitter and Facebook oh. users to file lawsuits over censorship. The bill would open legal channels for North Dakota users who are censored, as well as any of their potential audience no longer able to see postings. The law would apply to websites with more than 1 million users. Some experts said the, bill, the proposed bill would not have any, any, an effect. Attorney Akiva Cohen wrote on Twitter that the, that the Federal Communications Decency Act, Section 230, overrides any state laws. Section 230 has been criticized by conservatives as a law that essentially serves as a liability shield for Twitter and Facebook. The, the 1996 law gives a shield to companies that moderate user-generated content. Parler is urging a U.S. judge to rule in its favor. The social media site says Amazon should be made to restore the platform. Parler says Amazon had no evidence the social media platform was used to incite the U.S. Capitol breach. At a hearing in Seattle federal court, Parler's lawyer said the company would suffer irreparable harm if forced to close, adding, quote, millions of law-abiding Americans have had their voices silenced. Parler is favored by many Trump supporters and claimed more than 12 million users. Amazon's lawyer said Parler violated its contract by failing to effectively monitor content. President-elect Joe Biden is unveiling his $1.9 trillion plan to deal with the CCP virus pandemic. The plan includes mass vaccination, but also building clean energy. 
President-elect Joe Biden is promising to handle the CCP virus pandemic and build a green energy sector along the way. He praised the virus relief package Congress recently passed as a good start. As I said when it passed in December, the bipartisan COVID-19 relief package was a very important first step. I'm grateful for the Democrats, Republicans, and independent members of Congress who came together to get it done. Biden aims to have 100 million Americans vaccinated by the end of the first 100 days of his presidency. That is almost one-third of the U.S. population. Tomorrow, I will lay out our vaccination plan to correct course and meet our goal of 100 million shots at the end of my first 100 days as president. He says his plan will need $400 billion of funding from Congress, and he's urging Congress to move quickly. Biden says leading economists believe what he is proposing is necessary. A rehearsal for U.S. President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration has been postponed over security concerns. That's according to a Politico report last night, which cited two people with knowledge of the decision. The rehearsal, scheduled for Sunday, has been canceled, along with a train trip from Delaware to Washington. The rehearsal has now been moved to Monday, according to the report. The president-elect's team did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Earlier, the FBI said they were looking into individuals' tip to possibly threaten the safety of the inauguration. The inauguration, which usually draws hundreds of thousands of spectators, has already been scaled back dramatically because of the pandemic. A pastor who took a picture with the so-called Q shaman says he's getting death threats, and so is his family. NTD's Miguel Moreno has more on what they've gone through since the Capitol building was breached. Uh-huh. Man, we got, we're going to have the greatest... Wait, why is nobody getting with these people who had Ali Akbar on there and James Sullivan on there, right? Why? They're just focusing on the Q shaman because he's directly related with the Q movement? Is that it? That's their problem, the Q shaman. Mm-hmm. So hold on, let me see if I can find something else. You know what? No, forget the Chinese media. Let's go to an interesting thing. Now I've told you this before that I've, I've, you know, if people pay attention, everyone always tells you who they are, but not a lot of people pay attention. So I am going to show you. Um, and we've talked about this before, how uh, we we use the mainstream media, you know this from Shadowgate, and you know this from us talking many times, that um, we use Hollywood and the media for our benefit. The government does. So I want you to listen to this clip from Al Jazeera. Watch any big budget war movie or take in a spy thriller and you could walk away not knowing just how much your movie experience was shaped by the Pentagon or CIA. However, a trove of official documents obtained under U.S. freedom of information laws and published this year, detailed the dealings between filmmakers and intelligence officials at Langley, Virginia, the CIA headquarters. 
Probably the best known are Zero Dark Thirty and Argo, uh, but they've also assisted the television show Homeland. How do we deal with homegrown violent jihadists? They've also assisted Alias. You work for the very enemy you thought you were fighting. 24. A CBS series called The Agency. And he's his throne. They assisted a film called The Sum of All Fears, starring Ben Affleck. Captain Jack Ryan, CIA. Charlie Wilson's War is a, is, a, is a really good example where they maintain the idea that, oh, you know, are we really doing the right thing by arming the Mujahideen, the forerunners of the Al-Qaeda terrorist organization in Afghanistan in the 1980s? They kind of question that in a kind of jokey way. Like the last caption in the in the film, Charlie Wilson's War, is something like, um, oh, we came with saw, but then we mucked up the end game or some joke. You know, it's like, no, that's not what you did, actually. And you know it because the original script and the original book that you base this on doesn't say that. You arm terrorists in a really horrific conflict. It's the whole organization behind it at a systematic level. And that turned Charlie Wilson's War into this, you know, saccharine, benign movie. Throughout the 1990s, the CIA worked with Hollywood very specifically on movies that portrayed uh, the CIA as sort of a heroic force protecting America. Most of the movies were based on Tom Clancy books, actually. So you had A Hunt for Red October and that entire franchise. Um, you know, the lead character, Jack Ryan, is this like super heroic figure and he's like constantly, you know, taking down bad guys. And saving America, saving the world from various threats, whether it's Islamic terrorism or the IRA or ultimately white supremacists. So let me stop here as you watch this, and I want you to pay attention to this. The Central Intelligence Agency had infiltrated Hollywood back in the 40s when they were created. And their job was to write books and put out movies in order to hijack your reality. Remember, we went through what, you know, covert operations are and the whole nine yards, right? We walked through that whole thing on a previous episode. The reason I walked you through it is, you know, and I've said this, I've written in a pen name before I've said this. A lot of these books and movies that you watch and TV shows are planted by the agency. Though there may be people that counterplant things, I don't know, to set off what the agency was trying to do. I always refer to the topic of remembering the Rocky movies. Remember uh, Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4. Who was the villain, you guys? Russia. And at that time, what was going on? We weren't doing too well with Russia, Russia, Russia. Okay? They even paraded around, and you can look it up, that the TV show Homeland, actually, John Brennan met with them had them walk around the offices and sit down with them. You can Google it and find it. The reality hack that the, uh, you know, internet, okay, has provided the best avenue, it, it has been the best avenue to hijack you even faster. So not only did you have the movies that they would thump up as blockbusters, the music, the TV shows, the stupid little, you know, uh, videos that you would see, right? The books, right? The internet now has facilitated it to bombard you with whatever they want. This is why I say you've been reality hacked. I want you guys to see yourself as software, as computers. 
because one of my New Year's Day things labeled AI was to advise you that who you are in person, when I meet you face to face, nobody really cares about anymore. It's your AI profile. I know everything there is to know about you from what you search, what you order, what you say, what you like, what you hate, what you share. That tells me everything I need to know. That's the side of you that you don't even know. And this is why I say I share a lot of my accounts, like Facebook per se share. Like I would have my whole family have access to my Facebook. There was nothing that I was doing on an open super platform. My YouTube videos that are liked, shared, video game platforms, the whole thing. I had my kids able, friends, what I I really didn't care. Obviously, now um it, it's been sequestered for the past, you know, two years uh to myself. But I did that on purpose because then that confuses the algorithm. Wait a minute, you're watching my little ponies, but you're also watching this, and then you're watching a class teaching you on algebra because that's probably my kid. I'd have them access my things because it confuses the algorithm. That's what's ha ha ha. See, we all think of privacy, but you know, there are some things that you don't want private because it totally disrupts the profile that it makes for you. That way, they really don't know who you are. So uh, this is uh, something that you need to understand. Your AI profile is how they have hijacked your reality and who you are. So, you know, for those of you that have kids and friends and family, have one major, you know, YouTube account that everybody gets onto totally confusing, even if it's in your name. And that is the best way to camouflage yourself. It's like, yeah, I do everything. I watch, you know, how to, you know, count um, uh, unicorns. Uh, <laughs> what else do my kids look at? Video games, like how to hack Minecraft and all that stuff. You know, you should let, you know, people invade that space which isn't too private. Your private should be just your text messages, all right? And your phone calls and maybe some emails for your work or whatever. Other than that, if you have a lot of people in that thing, it confuses the crap out of them and they have no profile for you. I'm just telling you. So anyway, point of this is, is that I want you to sit back and relax and watch the, the, the and listen, right? For those of you listening, the next six minutes where they unfold to you is how the intelligence agency works with Hollywood to hijack you. And how they give you notice. You know, there's a lot of people, oh, look, The Simpsons. Oh, look, Jack Ryan. You know, you know when Jack Ryan came out, how many phone calls I got from people that actually know me and said, damn. Um, it was like looking at your story. Kind of. Not really. So <laughs> people need to see that there is so much truth that is trying to counter the propaganda that they've been feeding you. Hence why I say sometimes there are shows and movies out there that wake you up like wag the dog like that film is was telling you exactly what you're seeing today and like american gods if you take a step back and you watch that you will see it is exactly what's going on today only that those gods new gods old gods are the corporations and the old founding race that runs everything right the royals i we've went through it the 10 richest people. We've done that show twice because it was important. Twice. So they're fighting over you, right? Over you. They're fighting over you and you're watching and you might get caught in the crossfire. Pay attention because this, I couldn't even believe that they created this. So 
Listen. Between them, the CIA and the U.S. Department of Defense have had varying levels of input, from simply clarifying points for authenticity to actually writing parts of scripts on more than 1,800 movies and TV shows. When it comes to influencing filmmakers, shaping the story, the Pentagon is usually in a stronger negotiating position than the CIA. Because of the hardware at its disposal, it can shut down a movie before a scene is ever shot. The Department of Defense is actually a much more powerful player in the entertainment industry for basically financial reasons. The Department of Defense has expensive toys. They have submarines, they have aircraft carriers, they have tanks, and they have the personnel to, to operate each of those things. So if a filmmaker wants to make a war movie, they often will approach the Department of Defense and basically ask to borrow that equipment. And the Department of Defense will say, maybe, but can I see your script? And they will either say, this is great. We love the way that the military is portrayed in this. We will go ahead and collaborate with you. Or they may say, we hate the way that we're portrayed and refuse to participate. When the Pentagon does agree to support a film, there can be some scripting strings attached. And the Vietnam War is clearly a sore point. In The Hulk, a reference to a US operation that poisoned Vietnamese farmland was removed. And in the Bond film, Tomorrow Never Dies, a suggestion that the US did not win the war was cut out. In Iron Man, a reference to soldier suicides was removed, again at the Pentagon's insistence. The CIA's presence in Hollywood is harder to detect. It goes back to the early days of the Cold War and was designed to counter a propaganda effort coming out of the Soviet Union. The CIA placed undercover agents in major studios where they monitored left-wing screenwriters and directors. This was at the height of Cold War paranoia, and Hollywood was under the scrutiny of the U.S. Congress. Is investigating alleged communist influence and infiltration in the moving picture industry? The agency started influencing scripts. One senior executive at Paramount Pictures, working covertly for the CIA, described how, to counter what the Soviets were saying about the persecution of African-Americans, quote, well-dressed Negroes, unquote, would be planted in certain films. What happens in the 1990s is that the Cold War ends, and all of a sudden the CIA is left without a visible, viable enemy to justify its existence. If they were going to continue, they had to do something to improve their public image. And one of the responses to that crisis was to begin to work with Hollywood to convince the American public that, and Congress that they were still worth being an institution. In 1996, the CIA's Entertainment Liaison Office in Hollywood began offering free support to movies that featured the agency. Chase Brandon, an intelligence agent and cousin of actor Tommy Lee Jones, was the CIA's first liaison officer. He's credited as a technical advisor. Hold on. Let me tell you a story. I love telling stories. Back in 1999, I met Tommy Lee Jones in, um, in London. Now, he met me and wouldn't recognize me because of the way he met me. Let's just put it that way. I was very impressed to see that he was where he was, if you get my drift. So now as you get into the nitty gritty here, I want you to see why I've been telling you you've been hijacked for so long. On a host of Hollywood blockbusters, such as The Recruit, 
starring Al Pacino as a veteran CIA officer. Our failures are known. Our successes are not. In reality, Brandon was far more than a mere advisor on the recruit. He helped pitch the film to Disney, that eventually produced and distributed the movie, and was involved in the script writing. The recruit. As another CIA liaison officer put it, Hollywood is the only way the public learns about the agency, which begs the question, should the public be learning about the CIA from the CIA without even being aware of the agency's role in the production process? These issues became public with the release of one of the biggest CIA Hollywood collaborations to date, Zero Dark Thirty, a film about the search for Osama bin Laden. You really believe this story? Osama bin Laden? The Zero Dark Thirty was a really unusual case, I think, for the CIA in terms of how it works with Hollywood. The CIA gave the director and screenwriter a lot of access to the agency. They Wait, what if I told you about making movies about stories? What have I also told you about TV shows, music, that it comes in? We've been talking about this for almost three years on air. If they made a movie about it, it's usually the story they want you to know and not the real story. You get it? The story they want you to know and not the real one. Asked a lot of ideas back and forth, and they wanted to really kind of tightly control the narrative that this was putting out. It backfired, though, because very quickly after the movie came out, it was criticized for suggesting that torture somehow had played a role in the information gathering that led to the capture and assassination of Osama bin Laden. Torture and the CIA's use of it, especially after 9-11, were already under investigation when Zero Dark Thirty was released. The Senate Intelligence Committee wrote a letter to the production studio, Sony Pictures, they said, we believe the film is grossly inaccurate and misleading in its suggestion that torture resulted in information that led to the location of Osama bin Laden. Stop, stop. For those watching, look at the name. Look, what have I said about spellings? Can you see it? Osama bin Laden. When I click on it, it's clear, right? In that little box. Osama bin Laden. Remember what we said about spelling can you see it now we've been talking about this for a while can you see it now spellings to the location of osama bin laden zero dark 30s director catherine bigelow eventually had to respond to the allegation that her film was making the cia's case for torture in an editorial for the los angeles times she wrote that critics were quote confusing depiction with endorsement torture was as we all know employed in the early years of the hunt that doesn't mean it was the key to finding bin laden it means it's a part of the story we couldn't ignore. That's more of a problem with the film industry and the creative industry. Total disinterest in the responsibility of the ideological products that they create. And this is why you can have a very liberal town full of very liberal or even sometimes left-wing celebrities and directors. But actually they create films that are very much in keeping with the American Empire project. The CIA rarely has any kind of public credit that suggests that they had any hand in shaping the narrative of that film. That lack of transparency I find incredibly problematic because it doesn't allow the viewer to be a smart, critical viewer. How about this? Why don't they just have at the beginning of each film, made with the support of the Central Intelligence Agency, let's see how long the practice lasts then. 
Because it won't. Because people will look at it and say, oh, it's one of those propaganda films. Propaganda films. Reality hacking. What they've done to every single one of you, they've been grooming you from birth, through your educational systems, your media, the whole nine yards. And they've done this very successfully as well. Extremely successfully. So it's um, really important that people see how all of this is happening, how everything is coming about. Now, while all of you seek hope online uh, for someone to tell you how things can happen, how things are going to come out, I've always been here to advise you of the big events, fixed points in time that I can speak of. And these are one of the biggest points in time that we're at. This is the point in time where we actually have taken hold of our nation. A point in time where they cannot force us to submit. They have lost the control to do that. They have told you lies upon lies upon lies. They have groomed you to not listen to reason, but to focus on what they tell you. Now, if you guys remember, we talked about flags 2018, 2019, and 2020, how important they are. And yesterday I introduced you to a character that you probably never heard of. So, like I always say, I stand down from the moon and watch. Here's about here's something about a flag, well, that I've spoke about that I spoke about that may or may not have resonated, but maybe today will make sense. State Capitol tonight, atop the building, you can see the iconic Goddess of Liberty lit up against the dark sky. But there is a lot you may not know about that statue. Tonight, KVU's Bob Buckaloo tells us what makes the goddess so special. It's certainly Austin's best known building. We see it all the time, the state capitol. But do we really see it? That statue at the very top of the dome, just a blur from far away. But what a story. Like that cold day in 1985, when a helicopter simply plucked her into the air and brought her gently to the ground. Her, known as the goddess of liberty. For nearly 100 years, she had a terrific view of downtown and beyond. But that helicopter rescue was important. The statue had been deteriorating and it was time to be repaired. Not her first visit to the Capitol ground. In 1888, workers posed when she was brand new said to represent truth and justice and designed by the man who was the architect of the Capitol building. Flash forward to 1986, a different goddess of liberty in the air. Not the original, but a new one made of aluminum who would take her place on top of the dome. It was quite an ordeal to install the new goddess as helicopters struggled to place it perfectly. Not only did the winds pick up, the ceiling dropped to 400 feet. After a total of eight attempts, the mission was postponed with hopes that the weather would clear. Finally, the Mississippi National Guard led its Sky Crane helicopter. Reporter Dick Ellis broadcast the occasion live on KVU that summer morning long ago. Still trying to move in, a little bit close every time. The Goddess of Liberty is back on top of the State Capitol building. It is an honor to be a part of history. And now you have been a part of history too. And that's the statue we see today on top of the Capitol. If we look close enough, what about the original? Well, she greets the Bullock Texas History Museum. By the way, legend has it that when the original statue was new, many men came forward to say her face had been modeled after their wives. But if that's true, 
Nobody ever stepped forward to say, hey, that's me. Bob Buckaloo, KVU News. That's Columbia replaced, of course, with Uncle Sam's version, of course, in the Lone Star State, of course. As I've said, the Lone Star State has a lot of explaining to do as to why it's been so stealthy and quiet. Isn't it the Lone Star State that is taking us home right now with this, um, I want to say, election debacle? I hope that algorithm doesn't get me outed. See, uh, many things that occur, occur for specific reasons. Your history is skewed for specific reasons. A myth, a myth, they say. And a myth that was so actively replaced. This is a clip from Thomas Hartman, Tom Hartman program in D.C., where he talks about the history. Ah, huh? history. Because while everyone's telling you about the news, which you already knew at the beginning of the week, so there's nothing to know there, I'm arming you so that you can discern going forward. Why? History is very important to understand where you are right now. So that way you can grab your footing. But when you move forward, right, because we're always moving forward, you have to know the ground that you stood from to get to where you are. And um, he's got an interesting uh, few things here uh, that I'm really excited to share with you. Take a listen. Email from somebody saying, I noticed on one show you did this week, you referred to D.C. where you are as the city of the goddess. I'm curious about why you did that. Uh, this was uh, somebody who has uh, not listened uh, to the show apparently for years and years because it's been probably a year since I went off on one of these rants, I know that you know our show has been growing quite a bit, and we've got a lot of new listeners. So I'll just tell you the story real quickly. One of the things that I love about living in the district of the goddess is that it's the district of the goddess, and it, this is something that prior to the Civil War, pretty much every American knew, and largely since the Civil War uh, or since that era, uh, pretty much nobody knows. Uh, there's a couple of great history books over at the Spy Museum here in Washington, D.C. about this, and you can find them in other places, but the Spy Museum has a great library of kind of obscure and arcane and, and reprints of old books and things. Wait a minute, where do you have information about the goddess? Oh, in the Spy Museum. All right. But here's the story. And it, you know, parts of it may be apocryphal. I, I don't have absolute nailed down proof of all of this, but there's a, an, a, an enormous body of evidence and uh, suggestions that it's all fairly accurate. Back when this country was formed, the idea of the founders, particularly Franklin Jefferson and uh, Madison, and uh, you know, to some extent, John Jay and James and John Adams, but particularly Franklin Jefferson and Madison, they were kind of a triumvirate. Um, they they were patterning America on three democratic institutions. On the ancient Greeks, the first democracy 3,000 years ago. On the ancient Romans, the first republic 2,000 years ago. And on the Iroquois Confederacy, which had a constitution, a three-branch form of government with a Supreme Court, a legislature, and an executive. And, and only one gender was allowed to vote in five out of the six Iroquois nations. Now, for the Iroquois, it was women who were allowed to vote, not men. Uh, the founders of this country thought, well, you know, we can do the same thing, only we'll make it men instead of women. But the thing that they noticed was that all three of these historic 
democratic republics that they were pattering America after had goddesses in addition to gods. And we had no goddesses. We had, you know, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and they're all male, or at least God and Jesus uh, are typically portrayed as having penises. And uh, it was like, okay, we got plenty of gods. Where is the goddess? And they didn't want to take, you know, like, you know, uh, Zeus's helpmate uh, or, or uh, you know, some Roman god. So they, so they created one. They literally invented a goddess out of, out of whole cloth. They took Christopher Columbus's name and they feminized it. And they named her Columbia. They put her on our coins during the George Washington administration, and she stayed on our coins until Ronald Reagan's administration. Reagan killed the goddess. He took her off our coins. But from George Washington until the 1980s, there was that woman on our quarters and on our half dollars and on our silver dollars. She was called Standing Liberty, Walking Liberty, uh, the Goddess of Liberty, uh, uh, Mrs. Independ Ms. Independence, uh, there are other names for her, but she's basically the goddess. They put her on top of the Capitol building and they passed a law that no building in the Capitol could be taller than the head of the goddess, which is why there's no high rises in this town. Now, Republican Daryl Issa is uh, in charge of the committee that oversees DC and he's doing his best to try and do away with that because there's a bunch of developers that want to take us to 20, 30, 40, 50 stories instead of just six or eight or 10 and because they can make a pile of money. But so far, there's been a fair amount of pushback. So, so far, the goddess rules. In, I think it was 1847, it was before the Civil War. It wasn't completed until after the Civil War. But when they started building the Washington Monument, which is the only building in this town that's taller than the head of the goddess, they started giant, building this giant phallic symbol. It took an act of Congress to legalize building something taller than the goddess. And of course, it was, you know, this, this uh, uh, giant penis symbol uh, honoring George Washington. And that was kind of when the story of the goddess started fading out of our collective memory. They also decided that if you live in the district of the goddess, the district of Columbia, Columbia is the name of the goddess, that you would be, you must be so committed to the work of the goddess, which is governance, to form a more perfect union, to provide for the general welfare. You would have to be so committed to the general welfare of the entire nation and the more perfect union of the entire country, that you yourself could have no dog in the fight. And so if you lived in the District of Columbia and did the sacred work of the goddess, you had no representation. You had no senator. You had no congressperson. Uh, you could, you could uh, vote in the federal election for president, but only for an elector. You're not voting for the president. And there would be no representation, so you would have no corrupting influence. This is how high-minded and egalitarian these guys were. And this is still on the, on the books, by the way. Uh, the license plates here in Washington, D.C. say no taxation, say taxation without representation, right? Because we do pay taxes and we have no representation, at least no voting representation. So that's the story of the goddess. And, 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 and frankly, it's only part of the story. I mean, it goes on from there. Uh, she's in front of every single one of the federal buildings. Uh, old John, what's his name? The, uh, the head of the Justice Department uh, in, the, in the Bush administration put a blue cloth over her naked breast. Remember that? Uh, she's in front of, you know, she's holding, blindfolded, holding the scales of justice. She's in front of the Pentagon with a shield and, and arrows. You're listening to the Tom Hartman program called 202. So that's from like four years ago. Interesting. 
I wonder who emailed him to do that. <laughs> See, the, the question everyone should ask themselves is how come we don't know that history? How come we don't know that there was a different type of, I would say, notion for our nation up until 1931? I've always said this from the beginning and no qualms about it or anything. I could have told you this story myself. I didn't have to showcase Tom Hartman, who's like so off the rails lately, but it's okay. I, you know, listening to old, uh, you know, some of his stuff. But I can tell you that for me, and I, and, and I think I said this, uh, I don't like being in Washington, D.C. because it's not the District of Columbia anymore. This is why it's called the District of Columbia. And I've said this for a very long time, that it breaks my heart that the judicial branch is the one that is the most corrupt at this moment. It's so corrupt. If your judicial branch is no longer blind, then you cannot function as a society. Prayer is the mightiest sword against evil. It's the sharpest one. The sharpest one. This is why I said, if you think Pfizergate is big, if you think Obamagate is big, if you think Spygate is big, wait till you see Scotusgate. And I've been saying this for over a year. February 6th, 2020. February 6th. 2021. You will see exactly what the wrath of those that founded this nation based on the foundations of love, prosperity, justice, and freedom can do. They have been silencing everyone for forever. And all of you have noticed that most of the incognito accounts were created over 10 years ago that I've had. So many people, I'm finding it difficult without being nasty to say what I want to say because I'm very angry, angry at even the people that I wanted to help the people see, uh, those people that I um, wanted uh, to help usher the people into a more prominent position because it was always about the people. You're not supposed to be in Washington, D.C. if you are not serving the people, but you're serving your gym memberships, your country clubs, and foreign governments. It should be all about the people and no one else. Yet that is not what we see today at all. On that note, I really need to get some coffee. So we're going to listen to my song while I take that. Go fill up your coffee cups, okay, guys? Let's get this. I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to 
first one stirred a flame in your heart. In my heart, I have but one desire, and that one is you. No other will do. Like I said, I never meant to set the world on fire. It was only to start a flame in everybody's heart to love their country, to fight for their country, and to be the shareholders they want to be in this nation without sitting back and waiting for someone else to take care of it. Now, the news are reporting that President Trump is planning a farewell, uh, farewell event on the inauguration day. I want you guys to just let that sink in for a second. I'm going to play it. It's a 30-second clip. I just want you to listen to it. But listen carefully to the words spoken. Plans for inauguration day. We're already, we already knew that the president did not plan to attend the swearing-in for the president-elect. But now brand-new reports are emerging uh, in recent moments that President Trump plans to leave the White House for the final time on the morning of January 20th and hold a farewell event at Joint Base Andrews. He will then go on to fly to Florida. We're getting this information. As more on it comes in, we will bring that to you. What? Wait, so he's going to be leaving the White House in the morning of the inauguration to create a farewell event? How does that sit with you? <laughs> I wonder when Kamala Harris is actually going to resign. I hope you guys are getting what I'm saying. Now, Greg Kelly, listen just to a few minutes of what he has to say here in regards to why the establishment hates President Trump. And I want you to reconcile, as you're listening, think of all the things we've been discussing for the past few months and see if you can connect the dots. I'll help. They have embarrassed themselves once again in Washington, D.C. The last impeachment was phony and a great big hoax. This is even phonier. Just a little while ago, they pulled it off. Nancy did, impeaching the president of the United States when he has just one week left on the job. Talk about presidential harassment. They're blaming him for the riot last week, saying that he incited the whole thing. Here's the deal, though. There is overwhelming, totally convincing evidence that he did nothing wrong. They choose to ignore it or lie about it. But here is Exhibit A, again from last Wednesday, when he was speaking to a very peaceful assembly of Trump supporters. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. That's it. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. We know that things went south on Capitol Hill, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but let's give you some highlights from today, because if you're a normal person, you weren't watching television all day long, uh, because this impeachment is in many ways meaningless, kind of like the last one. I'll get to that in a second. But 
There's one Congressman, uh, LaMalfa is his name, uh, from California, a Republican, and I thought he was great. Check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second annual impeachment show extravaganza brought to you by the censors and left-wing media, the fact-checked ministers of shutdown and big tech, and the Democrat Party. Today, the second annual impeachment of President Trump isn't really about well, actual words spoken out of rally. No, this is all about, Madam Speaker, the unbridled hatred of this president. You use any extreme language in any process to oppose the core of what he has really fought for. You hate him because he is pro-life, strongest ever. You hate him for fighting for the freedom of our religions to not be persecuted by unfair mandates and limitations on speech. You hate him for not subscribing and shackling us with the religion of climate change and one-sided Paris Accords. You hate him for Israel. You hate him for defending our borders. You hate him for letting families and small businesses keep what they earn for trying to keep the agents of government off their back. You hate him for putting America first, which is what I thought we'd do when we swear the oath. No, this shabby show isn't about a threat to our republic. This is the impeachment and muting of at least half of the American people. This is shameful Fire. and abuse of a process. The gentleman's time has expired. The gentleman from New York. The gentleman additional uh, 20 seconds. The gentleman from Ohio, you another Speaker, 20 seconds. 30. I, I pray people of all stripes wake up to this spectacle and exercise their rights to put a stop to it through free speech and through fair elections. I yield back. He was terrific, and he's got his mask on, so I want to show you a picture of him. Again, this is Doug LaMalfa, Republican from California, and he was excellent, excellent today. And so was uh, freshman Congresswoman Lauren Boebert from Colorado. Glory to God. Madam Speaker, I rise today to oppose this impeachment and denounce the recent violence on the Capitol, just as I oppose the previous impeachment and the violence we've all witnessed all summer long across our great country. Make no mistake here, the hypocrisy of the left is on full display. Quote, go to the Hill, get in the face of some Congress people. We've got to fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Take him, go and take Trump out tonight. Sound familiar? What about the gentlewoman from New York who defended the looting by saying looters just wanted loaves of bread? Well, the last I checked, Best Buy and Teslas and stores of the like do not produce baked goods. Where's the accountability for the left after encouraging and normalizing violence? Rather than actually helping American people in this time, we start impeachments that further divide our country. I call bullcrap when I hear the Democrats demanding unity. Sadly, they are only unified in hate. Fired. Okay, apparently bullcrap was a little bit too much for them to handle, but she was fantastic. Lauren Boebert, again with the mask. I want to show you her, freshman from Colorado. Uh, brand new uh, on the scene, but she's going to be here for a while. Now, in fairness, I'm going to show you something from the other side. This is ooh, Jerry Nadler. Uh, sorry to say this, he's my congressman. Here it goes. President Trump, who incited this riot and who remains a grave danger to the nation. As we warned the Senate <coughs> when we tried him for his first impeachment, President Trump has made clear in word and deed that he will persist in such conduct if he, if he is not removed from power. <clears throat> All right, well, I showed you what the other uh, members of Congress look like. Get ready, here's uh, Jerry Nadler uh, when he's at a parade. There he is. All right, so members of Congress, uh, you know the ones I like, but they wonder why they're so unpopular. Only 15% of the American people 
approve of the job they're doing. 82% disapprove. A recent public opinion poll shows President Trump at 49% up slightly since last week. Isn't that something? All right. Now, could be a little bit dicey because Mitch McConnell, a longtime member of the swamp, majority leader in the Senate, is making noise that somehow he wants this impeachment trial to happen soon. And we're not exactly sure how he's going to vote. Mitch McConnell, huh? Mitch ought to do the right thing. I believe the president was very good to uh, Mitch, Mitch McConnell and Cookie. also good to his wife, uh, Elaine Chow, giving her a cabinet job. I actually remember this shout out at the State of the Union last January. Working with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Thank you, Mitch. See that little smile? Mitch was touched. I heard that they had a decent working relationship behind the scenes, but... You know, since it looks like Donald Trump is no longer president. Let's talk about Mitch McConnell for a second. Mm -hmm. Something that I had told you guys that maybe you missed, you know, because I am not trying to insult or say anything. This is normal, right? Human beings tend to run into pockets and rabbit holes. And this is why... A lot of you are listening to so many different people and reaching and grasping to find some form of answers where you don't need answers. You have the answers. But one thing I did tell you, which was very important, I'll repeat it again, is after the elections, there was a Senate Intel Committee hearing, which I tweeted about and asked, and I even talked about it on air. Whoa, I wonder if Senator Kamala Harris, who's Vice President Select will be attending that. It was a closed door Senate Intel Committee hearing. And Gina Haspel attended that closed door Senate Intel Committee hearing, which Kamala attended. It was right after that closed door Senate Intel Committee hearing that, um, They left and went to Mitch McConnell's office and had a discussion. Who? Attorney General Barr and Gina Haspel. No one's talking about that. As of January 20th, Mitch is thinking about Mitch and thinking about the swamp. And uh, here's what I think is really happening, actually. They want to hurt Donald Trump for 2024. They want to cancel him so there's no chance of him coming back. And also... You may remember that Ted Cruz was talking about a 10-day audit of the election, wasn't he, just a few days ago? Listen to this. This Congress appointed an electoral commission to examine claims of voter fraud. Five House members, five senators, five Supreme Court justices examined the evidence and rendered a judgment. And what I would urge of this body is that we do the same that we appoint an electoral commission to conduct a 10-day emergency audit, consider the evidence, and resolve the claims. Uh, Wouldn't that have been great? Uh, I hear one of the reasons why impeachment is such a priority right now is that there are folks on both sides who don't want any kind of audit of this election. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Ultimately, though, this impeachment... I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Um, Historically, it will be an embarrassment for those who voted for it. 
Um, but think about the last impeachment. Did that change your opinion of Donald Trump? It didn't change mine. Um, and the stars of impeachment, where are they now? Do you remember this guy, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman? Everybody made such a big deal. We hung on his every word for three days. Where is he now? Uh, he's out of uniform. He's at home somewhere trying to get a job. There's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. This stuff just kind of fades away. Does anybody talk about impeachment? Did they talk about it during the campaign? No, this stuff kind of fades away. Now, right now, I understand we're still talking about what happened last week, the riot. It was awful, never should have happened. Those responsible must be arrested, many of them have, and be prosecuted and punished. And the loss of life, it was a tragic, tragic event, very much so. And folks here at Newsmax and throughout conservative media said so at the time. We didn't need picket lines outside. We didn't have to be cajoled into saying the right thing. And it was obvious that it was wrong. Too often, on the other side of the political spectrum, violence is, uh, it depends what you're being violent about. Let's take a little quiz. Let's look at some images and you tell me, let's try to guess together if this is considered good or bad by the media. All right, we've got a lot of cops in riot gear. Uh, let's take a look at that line, please. The answer is... The police are rioting. We need to talk about it. The police are rioting in that image, according to the New York Times. All right, next up, let's take a look at the image. Burning car. All right, no doubt about it. This is violent and awful, right? Let's take a look at the headline. Time Magazine, Ferguson. In defense of rioting. Hmm. Rioting is actually okay when it's done for certain reasons by certain people. Next up, two more. All right, now the media have got to think this one is bad because that guy, I think he's making a play for the cameraman. He's trying to hurt the cameraman, it looks like. Let's see what they say about this one. The prosecution of Inauguration Day protesters is a threat to dissent. A threat to dissent. That must have been the last Inauguration Day or some Inauguration Day we have. All right, I want to see another one, please. Bunch of people milling around. Enough, no more shutdown. Looks pretty harmless. Let's see what the media said about this scene. Hmm? COVID-19 is putting America's white grievance industry to the test. White grievance industry, that doesn't sound very good at all. Uh, yeah, this is uh, They're slamming the people in that picture. You see how they play it? You see how they play it? Violence for us is always bad. Must always, always comply with the law. And I want to go back to January 6th. You know, it was peaceful. Big portion of this was peaceful. What happened on the Capitol, terrible, never should have happened. But a lot of people showed up at first uh, to get together and talk about the election. You know, I hear all the blame being put at President Trump's feet. If only he didn't have these people to Washington, D.C. in some way encourage them to come. Well, why do they want to come? Why do they want to make the trip? Maybe because no one else was talking about the very valid concerns that millions of people have about the election. Now, if the media were exploring those questions, using their resources, their assets, to really dig down and find out what went wrong, what went right with the election, maybe people wouldn't have felt so frustrated to make the trip all the way to Washington, D.C. Maybe they were sick of seeing reports like this, every single day for two months. 
there's no widespread voter fraud. False and unverified claims about voter fraud in the 2020 election. That there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Continues to push baseless claims of voter fraud. No credible evidence whatsoever of vast voter fraud. They just kind of sat at their desks and at their computers looking for the information they wanted, telling each other no problems with this uh, election. There were great, big time problems. We talked yesterday about the situation in Pennsylvania. We went into detail. That alone, which is still before the Supreme Court, by the way, still before the Supreme Court. Again, what happened on the Capitol never should have happened. But if some of these things were explored for weeks and months ahead of time, if you're gonna put all this on President Trump, well, what about your responsibility to talk about what the American people are concerned about? I'm talking to the media right now. All right, now I'm talking back to you, the audience, because if you really wanna know why Donald Trump, why they hate him so much, I think it's encapsulated in this clip. Why they, meaning the swamp and the media, why they hate him so much. And this is part of the reason why we like him so much. The very first moments that he was president, back on January 20th of 2017, this is how he got things started. We are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. How do you think that made the establishment feel? It made them feel threatened, big time. You think they were comfortable at that moment? Not at all. Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, I think they were very, very uneasy. And I believe that so many levels of government did everything they could to thwart this president. Because stirring up the system, you know, going to Washington and making things happen, that's just a bunch of junk you're supposed to say in your campaign speeches. Nobody expects you to actually follow up on that. Just listen to Jeb Bush. He tried to pull it off. We need a president willing to challenge and disrupt the whole culture in our nation's capital. Jeb Bush, son of a president, brother of a president, said he was going to go to Washington to change the whole culture of the capital. Of course, he couldn't and nobody believed him. And that's why he fell flat on his face as a candidate. That's why the Bushes are doing everything they can to hurt Donald Trump. The Bush left All right. Mind. So unfortunately, we know now that Donald Trump will not be president after. Um, well, here's where he's wrong. This is where I jump in. You're wrong, Greg Kelly. Look at that face. That's the face of I'm not really in the know, but I'm pissed. OK, so let's stop looking at that face and pay attention to what we're really doing, which is damn, there is no surrender damn, they're in so much trouble. You have no idea. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. And this is totally hypothetical, of course, how one random person that doesn't exist 
has outed every single infiltrator single-handedly as long as they can. It's so weird, so bizarre. It's almost as if it's uh, it was meant to be because it makes absolutely no sense to anyone. I mean, we're having a party on the morning that he's supposed to be leaving. All right, take that. Well, sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? Sounds really, really odd. I want to, um, let me see if I can get it. Shannon Bream, I do not like, has uh, put out a clip uh, yesterday about uh, how, you know, the guy that we've been talking about for a while now <laughs> was rolled up. Well, wait till you hear who else was rolled up. But that'll have to come manana. In the meantime, right now, I'm going to be putting out a video um, and sharing it on Twitter and Telegram and wherever I can, hopefully um, as soon as. So you guys can see if they won, why are they protesting? I've got protesters that I saw out my window here in Cleveland right now blocking traffic. Why are they protesting if they won? Ask yourself, why are they protesting if they won? Listen to this. Exactly what happened last week. A left-wing social justice activist allegedly posing as a journalist was just arrested by the FBI in Utah. The FBI affidavit says he's on video egging on protesters at the Capitol. He said things like, we're about to burn this down and we ain't waiting until the next election. An Arkansas man also among several others arrested today accused of beating a police officer with a flagpole. Hello and welcome to Fox News tonight. I'm Shana Bream in Washington. We begin tonight with White House correspondent Kevin Cork on the scene in D.C. And he's telling us the latest about this buildup. Hey, Kevin. Evening, Shannon. Even as the number of National Guard personnel continues to grow here in the nation's capital, uh, questions remain about the origin of the threat assessment that's led to this massive buildup here. Uh, we're talking about troop levels greater than those currently serving in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. By the thousands, they've come to Washington in armed and armored preparation for possible demonstrations this weekend, hoping to avoid a repeat of the deadly violence that struck the Capitol last week as the nation now prepares to inaugurate a new president. On hand, some 21,000 National Guardsmen to help secure the city. Anybody who plots or attempts violence in the coming week should count on a visit. Together with our partners here in the district and across the country, we're going to be doing everything we can to ensure a smooth transition of power in the days to come. But officials who were sharply criticized for being unprepared last week at the Capitol say they aren't taking any chances, particularly considering a day before rioters stormed Congress, an FBI office in Virginia issued an explicit warning that extremists were preparing to travel to Washington to commit violence and war. Indeed, numerous FBI memos appear to have set the tone for the massive buildup, including one this week warning of armed protests in all 50 state capitals, and another from December citing collaborative sources suggesting members of the Boogaloo movement could host potentially violent events on January 17th. Those memos were later capstoned by a three-agency bulletin claiming that violent extremist activity will likely surge and pose the greatest domestic terrorism threat in 2021. And yet there's still evidence of some disagreement over the actual threat level, even within the federal government. 
The Interior Department, the umbrella agency that includes the National Park Service and manages spaces like the mall in Washington, has elected to not shut down the area for Inauguration Day, at least not yet. The American people can be confident that our administration will continue to work every day between now uh, and January 20th to ensure an orderly transition, to ensure a safe inauguration for our president-elect, for our vice president-elect, uh, and for all of the American people. They deserve nothing less. Indeed, they deserve nothing less. By the way, tonight we've learned that the Biden team actually had a rehearsal scheduled for Sunday here in the nation's capital. Uh, that rehearsal has uh, been uh, postponed due to security threats. So again, that underscores what's happening here in our city tonight. Man, people really need to catch up. Really, really need to catch up. Because this is so disheartening to everyone. Every single journalist or self-proclaimed journalist or whatever has done a complete disservice to the people of the United States of America. Many of you have, I, I, I just opened up my Twitter and was looking. Many of you have communicated with me. Oh my God, so-and-so is talking about the stuff you put. Yeah, they're catching up. Because they believe in titles and tiaras. This is why it's a problem. So I just thought I could just be in their face. Here's their schematics. Here's their typical military tactic maneuvers where they were training themselves on how to attack the Capitol. <laughs> Bad spelling, too. Can you see that? <laughs> Breakthrough. They can't even spell. But the question is, if I had this a long time ago, why didn't any of the other media pick it up? Oh, because, oh, let me guess. <laughs> titles and tiaras. When I tell you that the problem that we have in our nation is not so much the fake news is going to be fake no matter what. Fake news is going to be fake no matter what. No matter what. Because propaganda is propaganda. But the bottom line is it's you that give them power. You that say that they're important because you follow them, you look at their stuff, you share their stuff. So apparently they think that they are your news. I'll tell you what, you're the news. You, the people, are the news, not them. This is why they're playing catch-up. It's up to you guys to say, why are you reporting this now when it was there so many weeks ago, so many months ago? This is how you put them in check. In check. Because as long as you thump their information, Give them, you know, your subscriptions, your, uh, you know, your mm, uh, likes, your shares, your comments, then that's it. You've just given them credibility. Credibility. And this is how titles and tiaras are the problem. Who are you again? What's you? Who are you? You're a nobody. <laughs> I'm a nobody that can suss someone out in five seconds. My superpower, I buy you and sell you 100 times within the first five seconds that I've met you. Titles and tiaras. Titles and tiaras. That's the problem. Titles and tiaras. Rank, medals, paper trail. Paper trail that you can manufacture. Paper trail that could be legit. Paper trail that you can put together. Titles and fucking tiaras. Look, that's our problem. You have to remember your power. Your superpower is to make someone legit like your president. Like your president, you make him legit. Why? 
because you support your president. Kind of like what they've been doing for the past five years. You make your media legit by supporting them, buying their products, calling in. I'll tell you, personally, I felt intimidated yesterday on on a very basic human level. I had like a, a meeting. I went to see people that have been, that are titles and tiaras. And I felt like, you know, the only thing that I got was like, you know, who are you? I wanted to be cocky and say, well, I'm number 26 on news commentary on iTunes. I get, you know, you know, half a million listeners a day. I have, I wanted to start thumping. Look at my paper trail. Instead, I stayed there and, and said nothing. I let them intimidate me. I tried to be nice and conversational. But instead, I was told, well, let's see how it goes. You know, I wanted to thump it. <laughs> I really did. Want to be like, you want titles and tiaras? Here's my hard numbers. So I, it really, really upset me that that's what they were. They were looking to see what kind of clout do I have or anything. Instead, I kept my mouth shut because I wanted to see, you know, how it's still happening. And, and, and it felt really bad because I was like, damn, this is not good. Not when I see, you know, this happening. And I can't promise there will be a time when I'll be able to speak about this more, you know, transparently. But I realized that no matter where you go, even those that are supposedly in the same fight with you, are supposedly aligned with your values, are supposedly in check with you, that, you know, that wouldn't be an issue. And, and I saw that it was. And I see it every day. It breaks my heart. You know, a lot of people are, so you saying so-and-so isn't legit or so-and-so isn't this? No, I'm just saying use your own gut. Trust yourself. You can't know what's going on around you if you don't know yourself or what you stand for, or what you see, or how you interpret things. So, you know, it took a lot for me to just want to be mean. And I didn't. I was kind of like, oh, okay. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to just um, listen. And, you know, and today I even listened carefully. Here's where we need to listen carefully. Hold on. Where is it? Damn it. Did I lose it? Let me find it. Um, let's see. Where's Biden's thing? Um, damn it. Hold on. Let me find it again. Let me find it again. Okay. There we go. So it's this one. Hold on. Is it on the screen as I refresh? Yes, it is. Okay, perfect. Here's how you can see what's really going on. Look at what President Select Biden said. Folks, this will be the account for my official duties as president. So that's his account. At 12.01 p.m. on January 20th, it'll become at POTUS. Until then, I'll be using at Joe Biden. And while you're here, follow FLOTUS Biden. 
Senator Kamala Harris, which says Senator, second gentleman, I guess that's the dude that she's with, right? Second gentleman, how weird. And transition 46. Look at all those millions of followers. I just can't see how these people have so many followers. Like, shut up. You still don't have the followers our president has. Our president has 33.3. He had 88 million, and this guy can't even get a million followers, Mr. President-elect. President-select. What does that tell you? What does that tell you if they're giving you their handles to follow? Sock puppets, anyone? Sock puppets, anyone? See, that's it. Look at this, martial law. Look at that. So in closing this episode today, um, I wanted you guys to remember the power that you yield as a people. You, you are the one that dictates who has power, who is important for your nation, for you, for your family. The brands you buy, the medications you purchase, the food you purchase, the car you purchase. Remember, it's weaponized consumerism, right? That corporate entities use to you. Weaponized consumerism. You dictate what's important. Nobody else does. And as long as you give them credence, then they're important. Look at this. Look at this. These are people that you um, believe are in the know, right? These are people in the know. Giving you what? Second-rate news? No, it won't. January 6th will end up being one of those things that no one ever agrees on what actually happened. America has quite a few of those. No, we can all agree what happened. It was a counter-operation by the globalists, by the shadow government, and Brennan, boy, are you going to go down hard, by their own operatives. We have been talking about this. We have seen this happen. Nobody can tell us that we're not going to know what happens. We are pulling their pants down faster than anything. And you know who's doing it? You're doing it. You, the people are doing it. And if anyone tells you, listen to me, or I have foreseen, stop. There is so much that I want to say and I can't because it's all about timing and sequestering the correct information out to the people. What you need to do is remember you dictate who your president is. You dictate who your media is. You dictate who your go-to for food, cars, gas is. Nobody else does. The advertisers don't do it. The stupid loyalty, let's bait you, but give us all this information in exchange. Don't do it. It's you, you, you. You know, today, um, and, and hence why I was a little bit late, uh, I was looking to find a, an altered, like a secondary place to rent, like a really small place to rent somewhere so that I can live in between both places so that my daughter has a brick and mortar education where she actually meets people because the city of Cleveland will not let students go to school unless everyone is vaccinated. So as I was there, they were asking me, oh, well, you're gonna have to like this and that and all these questions. And I was 100% truthful and upfront with what I was looking for like a secondary residence, right? And I was like, I can budget this and, you know, it's in that district and everything, right? So I was like, dude, it doesn't matter. I, I, I may have to make, you know, some, a lot of concessions to be able to keep both, but I'll just consider it school tuition, right? Um, 
because I want my child to be able to have interaction with human beings. Well, I was there and it's as if they wanted, you know, they couldn't, uh, it was so weird. And I was like, listen, man, am I wasting my time? Do you want my money or not? Because I'm here to give me, give you my hard earned money so that I can get this so that my daughter can go to a good school. And, you know, they were dilly dallying. I had to walk out. Of course, I don't have patience with that. I like was like, you know, these are struggles that all of us are going to go through. I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm just like you. I'm just like uh, I'm just like you. Same exact issues that you guys are going through. Work, very minimal. You know, trying to figure out how to balance things. How to, you know. I'm, we're supposed to have school choice, but you can't choose unless you're in the boundaries. And those boundaries only have like five things you could choose from and all of them are crap. It's just so bizarre. I can't even. So going forward, you guys, this weekend, especially make sure you're careful where you give your attention to. I would say the most attention should be given to yourself, to what resonates truthful to you. I'm I'm hoping, hey, counterpart, do we have that video? You sent it to me? All right, let me show you some breaking news. No one else is going to show it to you. Um, give me a sec. Oh, we need another second. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to show you guys some breaking news uh, coming out of Cleveland. Actually, um, let's see if they, let me just see on Twitter. You guys are watching Twitter with me, right? The media can't smell the military. It's not military. Uh, well, it's a military person's son, but look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Well, the spelling break. Let me zoom in for you guys to see. They already had it planned. They, they had it planned to break through with an A. <laughs> um, look, I'm not very good at grammar, so I can laugh. It's like how they're like, you can't make fat jokes, but I can because I'm round. But no, this is they already had it planned out. They actually had, hold on, let me show you this too. They already had this planned out too. Let me tweet that out. Um, so that way you guys can see it. I'm going to retweet my tweet and say, oh, they, this is the stuff that I was telling you about. Remember when we were going through the video on Monday and I was like, look, they have clear flu fluid, right? They were planning mm, to toss Molotov and such. These are their plans. Why wasn't the media reporting it? Instead, they were thumping it. You think they don't get it? I mean, evidence. Evidence is to, you knew and didn't say anything. You know, yep, serving crow, as always. Um, as always. But look at this. Throw fireworks, Molotov cocktails, block center. Here are the suppliers with the stuff. Block right, block left. You see that? These are their own diagrams, you guys. These are their own diagrams. So um, let me, let me, how long has, have those diagrams been up there? I'm trying to see um, the dates. The fourth? Yeah, so the fourth. I didn't want to give you guys inaccurate information. So since the fourth, those have been up there and shared and publicly visible. So the question one should ask is what the heck is the FBI doing? I mean, they're useless right now, maybe. But, you know, this is, you're watching a show, you guys. Wait, I'm gonna show you a show. 
This is, uh, it just got sent to me, so I'm going to be able to play this. Hold on, let me pause this. Um, so BLM is now shutting the streets down in Cleveland because they won, right? They won. So BLM is now, you know, shutting down the streets. Here we go. Let me make that bigger for you. I hope you guys can see this. Give me a sec. Can you? Let me see. Um, there we go. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Okay, so you're seeing it. So this just was happening while we were watching Greg Kelly. So you could see. This is it. They're already shutting down everything. And for those of you that aren't watching, it's showing Antifa gathering there with signs, justice for Tamir. Um, and this is happening in the streets of Cleveland uh, right now. And this is like from my window. You can see it. Just like, boom, right there. And they're all gathering together at, while it's raining because it was organized. I've said this before. Why are they organizing protests nationwide if they won? Why are they doing it? Because they're going to set you up. And I said this in September. I said it in October. I said it in November. And damn, I said it in December. But I said, hey, it's okay. The president said, come down. That's great. Because we needed to be there to play that part. Now, I want all of you to protest the way Americans protest. And that's with the pen, the mightiest sword a citizen has, which is their pen, which equates to your vote too, of course. So if they won, why are they protesting is the question you should ask yourself. Why are they protesting and beginning these protests, walking down Michigan Avenue over that bridge to that fruity place? So, and just so you know, I'll show you down this way is Michigan Avenue. This is where most of the BLM protests happen, where they go over the bridge to like this granola munching area. It's just so bizarre, isn't it? These people are sick and they will do nothing. They hate you when their base goes back on them. Now that'll be something glorious to see. On that note, guys, God bless. Remember, Sunday night is movie night. We'll have another dope movie to watch together. In the meantime, for those of you that are Amazon Prime members, I just wanted to say you could add on stars for like five or six, but I don't remember. So you can watch uh, American Gods. I'm telling you, if you pause and think, because for me, that's the type of show that I would watch every week rather than binge watch, only because I wanted it to percolate because I was so excited watching it come to fruition. So it's pretty interesting that the delayed uh, third season has come out. Um, and I want you to just look at the storyline and see it from the moon. Uh, from, from the moon. So let's end with our actual um, um, anthem and a nice song, uh, a real anthem, before they changed it. Uh, I found another version of it, so I think um, we could try that one, right, and see what it see see how they put it together. I really want us to remake this, though. I really want us to remake the first American national anthem. Uh, that had to do with Americans and Americanism, not so much war, turmoil, and what we could do for our nation, but what the nation can do for us. Just 
Listen. Okay, here it is. We really need to revamp that, don't we? We need to make it today. Can you see it? It was always there. It was always there. So on that note, never surrender, guys. I'll see you guys. For those of you that are on Twitch, we'll have Sunday night movie night um, together. And um, other than that, I'll probably see you. Well, what is it? Monday. I will definitely see you on Monday. Time is all we're asking for. Just a little more time could open those in. Just a little uncertainty could bring you down And nobody wants to know you now And nobody wants to show you how